So, so that's why we're both remote and wearing silly hats and perhaps sounding a little bit hoarse. But despite that, we're still doing a podcast, so fair play to us and especially to Elena for, uh, for accommodating these exceptional circumstances. Hello and welcome to the final telecoms.com podcast of the year. As you can see, we're not in the office and that's because the trains keep going on strike. We just managed to make it in <laughs> yesterday and everyone's got a bug as well. Actually, I don't think Elena does. Well, no, I do. I do. Okay. I'll try the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I might as well properly introduce uh, Elena now. She's She's been on the pod before in person and we're hoping to have her on the pod in person today because of the strikes. She's uh, kindly been accommodating and we're doing it on Zoom instead. So this feels very 2020, this pod. Because we had, what, Ian? We had like about three months or so of having to do it like this, didn't we? We did. I remember yeah. James wandering around his kitchen with his laptop in his hand. Yeah, he'd, he'd like he'd tear off and go and vape outside or something. That's it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so that's that. Um, I think we've all got bugs as well. It has been freezing, literally freezing all week. Um, I think one of the things that might contribute to my bug is trying to get in yesterday. We came in and we did secret Santa and, and all just had our, our last drink together for the year. Um, but I had to wait around on the platform for about an hour because even though yesterday was the only non-strike day of the week, obviously they were dragging their asses big time. Going back. The, you what? Going back home or coming? No, going back home wasn't too bad. It right. was a slower train, but it arrived in, in good time. But I had to wait around for about an hour on the way out, which was boring. Yeah. Um, as probably contributed to my cold. So there, but enough moaning. And I didn't know. I mean, Elena surprised me with these wacky <coughs> hat slash festive shades or whatever she's wearing. Yeah. So then Ian went and retrieved a hat for that he got last night off, off one of our colleagues when we're doing our Secret Santa. And so I went off in a panic to try and find a hat, and I don't have a festive hat. So this is my daughter's bobble hat. You look lovely in it. For which she'll probably deeply resent me uh, wearing it. <laughs> but uh, there we go. And it's her birthday. She's 16 tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday. Um, yeah. So, so that's why we're both remote and wearing silly hats and perhaps sounding a little bit hoarse. But despite that, we're still doing a podcast, so fair play to us, and especially to Elena for, uh, for accommodating these exceptional circumstances. So, uh, and we're having a beer. I've got a, I've got a gluten-free punk IPA, punk IPA here. Got a star um, of Yeah, we could have, if we'd had it in the office, Elena could have polished off those uh diet gts <laughs> that we've had, that we've had in our possession since we did a pod with her about two years ago <laughs> so disappointed it's taken a year and you still haven't polished them off no well uh, times have never got that tough for later <laughs> that's very much emergency booze i'm afraid let's see whether uh the economic crisis in 2023 it could be yeah 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 that, that'll be it you know, you have other people who say they can't afford to heat their house, and I'll be going, yeah, and I had to have a diet G&T. Um, and that really get the violin out for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, and our cunning plan, well, actually, Elena's cunning plan, when, when we planned this pod, um, I think, months ago, she went, why don't I do a quiz? 
because it's our last our last part of the year. Why don't I do a quiz um, on presumably telecoms trivia? Uh, if if that's not a contradiction in terms, because of course telecoms are fucking serious business. Um, and and I went, yeah, great idea. So I've got no idea. I haven't collaborated with Elena on this. I haven't really spoken to her prior to just now, other than to confirm that we're all going to be on this Zoom call. Um, but yeah, that's that's how we're going to do it. We're not going to go over the news of the week, which is just as well as there hasn't been much. And Ian, you've been off anyway, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Kind so of. you'd be especially useless at that. Um, and and it's a bit unfair on Ian because Elena, I think, has derived the questions from telecoms.com stories, so they might not necessarily be things that Ian covered. But such as his encyclopedic knowledge of telecoms, that I expect nothing to have slipped through the cracks for him. Um, so that's I'm it. And just to, zero points now. Yeah, yeah. We don't even know what the competitive dynamic is. I think Elena's going to offer the question to one of us. Yeah. If that person fucks it up, then the other person gets a chance <laughs> to uh, answer it and, and steal their points. So yeah. there, we're getting a little bit of competitive tension into the whole thing. Um, and just to remind people, if if they uh, haven't encountered Elena before, she uh, is the is you CEO, chief exec. What's your job yeah. title? Yeah, that's it. One uh, of those. She runs a, a PR agency called Liberty, uh, which is very closely aligned to the telecom sector. Um, and uh, yeah, and I've got, we've certainly since I've been doing this job, um, we've known each other, and possibly before. Uh, so yeah, and so thanks again, and and you're just good company and a friend of the pod. So it's great to have you here. And you've always uh, you've always said you're a fan of the pod. Do you still listen I, to it regularly? I, I do. Um, I listen to the one uh, with Phil Civita. Oh, of course, week. yeah. Well, they uh, Nokia's one of your clients, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, if you're listening, I thought you did very well. <laughs> By the way, Pierre, you uh, when you put that one up on LinkedIn, you called him Paul Civita. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so Pierre's just put that. Yeah, that, that was that was a typo, um, but it's now corrected. Don't worry, mate. There's at least one of us is professional. Um, so yeah, that's it really. Not much else to report. Um, other than it was just great to see all our colleagues. If any of them listen to this, it's great to see you all last night. Um, we had a few beers, uh, cheeky Nando's at the end. Um, and <clears throat> I'm off from next week. When are you starting your holiday, Elena? Uh, not until the 23rd. Right. You're right to the wire. Yeah. yeah. And my colleague Andrew, so uh, is, is filling in for me there. I've got a, I've got a little frog in my throat, so I'm going to have a beer. Yeah. Right. So I think then what we'll do without further ado and wittering from me, that looks like water, Elena. Well, it is because I'm poorly. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. I'm not about to. I'm not about to peer pressure you. Um, I, I think I'm going to need a lot of um, water breaks to, to get through this much speaking. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, indeed. Well, you know, if you happen to chuck a bit of gin in there, so much the better. Um, so I think what we'll do then, uh, Elena, if it's all right with you, I'll just sort of hand over and, and let you be the boss. Yeah. Um, and we're just here to to, to show our, our utter ignorance of, of what pays our bills. <laughs> well, should we give Ian the advantage in him and give him the first question? That's absolutely fine. Is it an okay. easy one? Is it an well, easy one to start off? Well, let's find out, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. It is quite hard, actually. Um, I think you'll get this. Actually, I'm going to start with Scott because I think the second question is a bit easier. <laughs> See, you okay. need special help already, and <laughs> haven't even started. 
Okay, so first question, and it's not in date order, so it's just right. This from... isn't like starting January 2020, 22 or whatever. No, no, no. We we've added a bit of challenge, so it's from any point throughout the year, and all the questions have come from stories that are on telecoms.com. So right. if people, as they're listening or watching at home, want to play along, um, then you can test your your own telecoms.com knowledge. Um, there we go. Aren't we, aren't, we, aren't we sort of um, diversifying into light entertainment? Well, yeah. Oh, do you need to say your thing about you can access this from... Oh, that's a good point, which I always forget to do. But yes, thank you, Elena, okay. showing that you're more professional than I am. Um, and just so, just to remind you that if you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube or the website, you can also listen to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and loads of other platforms. And also... Don't hold your breath for another pod. I imagine we're, our first one might be at the very earliest recorded on the 6th of January, 2023. So you're just going to have to cope during the festive period without us banging on about telecoms for a bit. What will we do oh. for dog walks and various other things? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> they just, they'll just be meaningless. <laughs> okay, so starting off. Um, so first question to you, Scott. Microsoft sends what it calls nation state notifications, NSNs, to clients when they have been targeted or compromised by government-backed hackers. Since starting this in 2018, Microsoft has delivered how many NSNs? You've got to be joking. Right. Are they going to be this specific? I'll give you um, some options, okay? Yeah, yeah. Okay, A, 150,000. B, 1 million, or C, 67,000? I'll go for the middle one, 150,000. No. Uh, go, on, go on, Ian, you've got a one in two chance to steal the points. A. No, it uh, was C, 67,000. Uh, what is, I can't remember what these these reports are. What, what, does, what does the story say? It's letting people know that some weird shit's been going Someone on. Someone tried to hack them. Yeah, I'll send it in the chat as the, the story. It was from uh, the 15th of November of this year, obviously, and right. uh, Nick Nick Wood wrote it. Uh-huh. Well, well done, Telco's, Nick. <laughs> Telco sound the alarm over 5G SA security threats. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, right, so we both failed on the first question. <laughs> can, <coughs> only, can only get better. Yeah. Okay, so Ian, breaking into a market long dominated by China's three main mobile operators, what is the name of China's fourth and newest mobile operator? Is it China Broadcast Network or something? Yeah, I'll give you that. It's yeah. China Broad yes. Network. Right, yeah. yeah. I think the Broad's probably the abbreviation of Broadcast anyway. Yeah. I'm not going to quibble over <laughs> that one. Well done. Excellent. Okay. In an August survey conducted by MVNO Leica Mobile, this is to you, Scott, what yep. percentage of customers using the big four mobile network operators reconsidered switching contracts due to the economic climate? Can you say it again? Yeah. In an August survey conducted by MVNO Leica Mobile, what uh -huh. percentage of customers using the big four mobile network operators, reconsidered switching contracts due to the economic climate. Do you, want, do you want me to give you some options? Yeah, especially as I was on holiday for most of August. Oh, right, okay. So 
A, 65%. Yeah. B, 43%. Or C, 24%. So I'm going to guess that this is one of those self-interested bits of research by an MVNO, which obviously wants to paint the picture of lots of people thinking of leaving. So I'm going to go for one of the higher ones. Um, and they just say considered. So it could be one of those questions they ask that's got a very sweeping. So I'm going to go for the highest percentage. What was that? Two thirds, 67%? Yeah, 65%. 65%. You would be correct. Uh-huh. Hey. Do, you think my, do, you, do you think my rationale was was fairly plausible? As, as a comms person, Elena? I, well, well, I do. And uh, yeah, I think as, as journalists, it's always good to be a bit cautious about surveys, stats. <laughs> Indeed. Well done. Okay, Ian, over <laughs> to you. There were 4.6 billion plastic SIM cards produced in 2020. Which telecoms trailblazer is offering chip manufacturers and device makers free e-SIM technology in an attempt to create a SIM-free world? Ooh. Apple. Is that your final answer? Uh, say the question again. There were 4.6 billion plastic SIM cards produced in 2020. Which telecoms trailblazer is offering chip manufacturers and device makers free eSIM technology in an attempt to create a SIM-free world? Hmm. It says device is offering yeah. device makers, so and it is a device maker, so it wouldn't be offering other device makers stuff, would it? Um, Google. No. So no. But I'm trying to think. I mean, there's there's the companies that are involved with with doing the actual SIM stuff. Although I've got to admit, a lot of their names. Those are. Yeah, a lot of their names escape me. Um. And it could be just like a secure, but then I don't know, maybe I'll go with a chip company. I'll go with Qualcomm. How about that? No. It was True Phone. Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember them. Isn't that the one that uh, they, the brand which used to own a bit of? Yeah, they, they ended up getting in some, uh, when everyone was like banning people, <coughs> Russians from going to Wimbledon and stuff. Yeah, it turned um, out he owned most of it. They definitely, it definitely got a little bit awkward with them regarding their ownership. I think I don't yeah. want to speak too far out of turn because I can't remember. Um, but I did. I met Truefone uh, at Mobile World Congress, and yeah, eSIM. You know, had I remembered that, um, eSIM is a is a big thing for them. Um, and that was, you know, that's funny meeting them then. It, it, I think the the Ukraine thing, I think, just kicked off. And we hadn't had that domino effect of ban everything Russian um, straight after. And that, that was a that was a funny thing to reflect on. Do you see a complete tangent, Ian? But I know you like tennis. Did you see that um, that the LTA got put on the naughty step for, for banning all the Russians from Wimbledon? I saw that. <coughs> yeah. And, th and they had quite a stroppy response going, well, you know, we just care about Ukraine or something like that. And it's like, yeah, yeah everyone does. They just don't, they're just not as indiscriminate as you. They should probably have seen it coming because they got all the points got docked as well that players were yeah. from competing at Wimbledon. So they they must have known that they were, you know, they were on the naughty step. It was just it was just odd to act so unilaterally as well. You'd think that the reason things like the 
ATP or whatever exists is so that the whole of the tennis ecosystem can speak with a common voice. But Wimbledon yeah. just went, no, we're Wimbledon, man. We'll do what we want. Well, I think all the all the slams are sort of separate from the ATP, but the other three, uh, okay. the other three sort of to the ATP side, and Wimbledon didn't. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that's got nothing to do with telecoms, obviously. So we both got that one wrong. That was that was true phone. What's what's the score? Is it like one all? One yeah, one all. Whose turn is it? That was Ian. So it's my turn, is it? Yeah. So. Nokia and robot manufacturer Mobile Industrial Robots put on what kind of parade at the Stuttgart-based logistics event Logimart? God, I'll give you It's just, it's pretty obvious when you think <laughs> of stunts. That you would... I think of stunts? Yeah. Um, think of a stunt with a kind of ro robots. Right. What do you do? Um, so, and what was the question again, sorry? So Nokia. Yeah. Robot manufacturer Mobile Industrial Robots put on what kind of parade at the Stuttgart-based log logistics event? What kind of parade? I don't know, a military parade. Yep, similar. Yeah. Robot fleet parade, so I'll give you that. Right. So, what, they had these robots just sort of moving around in, in, in concert? As, as a fleet. As a fleet. Have you ever seen, Elena, any of those, um, I think they call them... Boston Dynamics or something like that, where they've got these they've got these like dog robots that, that police are using. It's total Black Mirror stuff. Have you ever seen any of those? No, I haven't. I'll have to take a look. Yeah, I think it's. I'll, I'll look at it after. I think they're called Boston. It's Boston something or other. I think it might be Boston Dynamics. And yeah, it's just totally dystopian. It's totally Terminator, which is something I reference quite frequently on this pod. But the the robots are starting to get pretty hardcore. Oh, well, I, got some, I got some video footage of one in a story actually, because because they have one of them at the uh, BT's Adastral Park facility. Right. When I went up there recently, uh, so I remember filming it. But yeah, I'll send you the link. We got the technology for you to share it in real time, have we? Um, probably not. You can share your screen, but then we'd see whatever weird stuff you're up to on your computer. In that link, anyway, if you scroll down a little bit to the, below the top okay. paragraphs, you can have a look that's, at it later. Okay, that's, that's, really great, for our, that's great for our audience. Thanks, Ian. No, it's for Elaine's benefit. It's not the audience. They can. <laughs> it's not the audience. Spoken like a true journalist. They can themselves out. <laughs> well, we. Um, I'll do a little shout out if I can. A little shameless plug for one of our clients, which is a company called Starship Technologies, and they have delivery robots that are huge in in the US and they work with campus universities to deliver goods across campus universities in the US and in um, the UK they're working with retailers like co-op to do last mile delivery so um, you can order your groceries especially if you're kind of housebound or whatever you can order your groceries to be delivered by robot and they're so cute they're these little kind of white robots you might have seen them um, we've had a lot of right. <laughs> they, yeah. They're the ones that get to talk to old people in retirement homes because real people don't want to talk to them anymore. When they're special robots for talking to old people, the old people are talking to robots. When they're not doing that, they're doing grocery deliveries. Yeah, so, <laughs> they're very sweet though, and you can you see that there's lots of footage of them 
you know, cross, cross sort of waiting to cross roads and, and that kind of thing. They're, they're very sweet. And um, I think quite a lot of robot manufacturers have been accused of being a little bit creepy, but right. these ones have been really cleverly designed um, to be sort of very friendly looking and they've been very well received by people. I, I don't doubt that they're as cute as you say, but I would just say perhaps not with these robots, but they're cute until they become self-aware and turn on their owners. Yeah, these, these Boston Dynamics ones aren't cute. They're uh... <laughs> no, they're sinister. Yeah. Well, I I I am sure that Mobile World Congress will have a, its fair share of robot. There's gonna be more. We're gonna be tripping over them. Yeah, they always do, don't they? Mm. Cool. Anyway, All right. uh, so I sort of got that one right with a bit of help from you. Yeah. <laughs> Next one for Ian. Which UK MNO worked with the Charity Refugee Council to help Ukrainian refugees seeking asylum? This company donated 3,000 connected smartphones, 1,000 portable chargers, and offered free connectivity to 200,000 refugees arriving from Ukraine. That's Even a UK before shouting. So UK MVNO. No, no, MNO. not MNO. UK MNO. Yeah. Oh. Um. Hmm. Okay, yes. Well done. Yes. Was that a total one in four guess, Ian? It was. Yeah. Well, they're, they're quite into their sort of right on sort of uh, gestures, aren't they? So. No, that, it's obviously very worthwhile as well, but they like to <laughs> shout about it, Vodafone, don't they, and draw attention to the fact they've done it. So, yeah. Well, that, that's always my thing, and, and I'll, I'll put the same caveat as you. Any act of philanthropy can be taken at face value, and I'm quite happy to, but whenever a company, be it Vodafone or anyone else, does something philanthropic and then turns it into a press release, you know, this, again, this is an interesting thing to have a PR professional. You know, mm. I, I understand why. Like, there's... um. You know, there's an ad campaign that I think McCain, the, the frozen food people are doing. That's some quite touching ads, you know, some kids with special needs uh, and all that sort of thing. And, and it definitely, you know, resonates with me as the, the actual owner of this hat has autism. Um, but when they turn it into an ad campaign, it, it just leaves a slight bitter taste in my mouth. But maybe I'm just, maybe I should just give them that. I'll just let them it's, have it. And It's like that, there's a Kate Winslet thing that happened. I think she gave like 20 grand to a family who were, they've got some daughter who's quite ill and mm. she'd seen that they were struggling with bills as well this Christmas and made, yeah. a, made a donation and like paid off some, paid off some massive debt they had, which is a really nice thing to do. But there was like, and it probably wasn't her putting a press release out so much, but there was so much coverage of it that you thought after a while, was this done to sort of G up some publicity for Kate Winslet ahead of some movie that's coming out or yeah. was it, you know? What do you think, Elena? What do you think, PR professional? Uh, I thought the same. I mean, uh, do, do you remember um, Prince William um, when he, there was all the coverage, wasn't there, of him dressing up as a um, big issue salesman and he was selling big issues. Do you remember that? And you did sort of slightly think, oh, he's not, he, you know, he's obviously leaked this to the press. Well, like, actually... A complete tangent on that royal stuff. Um, so, you know, we've had um, this Netflix thing come out recently. Yes, with, Harry and uh, Meghan. Harry and Meghan, yeah, which I haven't watched. I, actually, I'm quite indifferent about them, other than finding them quite sort of superficial and narcissistic. But, you know, there's plenty of superficial narcissists in the world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I, when I end up sort of listening to podcasts where they talk about it or reading about it in The Spectator or something, there does sometimes seem to be this 
this public face-off between the two brothers and their entourages. So yeah. when one of them does something, another one's seen, you know, chucking a tenor at a tramp or something. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's all, it's all very grubby. I mean, I don't envy any of them. Obviously, being born into that degree of public scrutiny, I, I think they are deserving of more sympathy than they get. Um, obviously, they don't get much sympathy because they're also born into tons of cash. Um, but I wouldn't swap places with any of them. Yeah. And, and and especially if you then have to just go around arranging little philanthropic stunts to try and outdo each other, it's all quite unseemly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, I, I have watched the first first three. Is it the first three? And right. then the last few came out yesterday, I think. Is that right? And I, I have watched the first three. And you know what? To me, it just, I don't know, screams of these two very... Um, kind of troubled people actually um Harry and, and Megan who have both got a catalogue of kind of broken relationships and you know sort of misfortune in their life and there's a lot that hasn't been unpicked properly to, to be honest yeah. there you know Harry's still hurt over the death of his mother so young. yeah yeah and there's All those weird that. scenes when he's a little kid of him having to, pu- to go to a public funeral yeah that's yeah. gonna that's gonna do someone's head in oh totally. uh, yeah but then, I mean, do you find it uncomfortable viewing, just seeing them sort of bear their souls in this? Yeah, I mean, I guess sympathy, public sympathy is waning, I think, a little bit for them, isn't it? I mean, I think... a bit fatigue. The, yeah, and I think in the current climate where, you know, you've got people who are genuinely having to decide whether to heat their home or eat, you know, and you've got them coming out and saying how sorry their life is, even though they live on a multi-acre yeah. farm and, and they're never going to have to worry about money and they're never going to have to worry about heating and they're never, never going to have to worry about food. Some of it, you just think, oh, I don't know how this is going to sit with the public, especially at this time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and off the back of the Queen's um, death as well this year and, and everything else. But, you know, the whole topic of the monarchy and whether it's relevant still and how they modernize you know over the next few years i think that's a really interesting topic and um one that i think mm. will play out and um, there definitely is there's definitely a big comms element to it so oh, i'm definitely. sure you have some professional interest in their shenanigans yeah yeah obviously very different to technology pr but yeah. <laughs> what do you do if this, you suddenly got a phone call and they're going can you do our pr you know i wouldn't want <laughs> No, you wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. By the way, before we move on, so so Pierre, who, who producer Pierre, who who normally has a microphone when we're in the studio, is is discreetly restricting himself to just sending messages in the chat. But he 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 put another little thing, an example of opportunistic um, sort of uh, publicity. He refers to Snoop Dogg getting arrested with weed before an album release. So okay. I think you know, yeah, none of us are in that space, Elena. But if I'm sure you can imagine just suddenly being in the the fashion or the showbiz or, or some much more public-facing thing than telecoms and having to arrange some of these weird stunts, it does yeah. make me sometimes get very tinfoil hat and assume that nothing ever happens by accident. I think one of my biggest ones that I've that I've moaned about is Marcus Rashford, who um who made it, you know, a perfectly worthy point <coughs> about how some kids um uh, don't get who who are entitled to free school meals don't get them at certain times and that's out of order and they should but then straight after that he was doing benetton ads um and all sorts of stuff and i just thought yeah there's something going on here anyway um big tangent there 
Well, I really love Marcus Rashford. I think he's a bit of a hero, actually. You won't hear a word said against him. No. You I, don't I, think there's you don't think there's anything. I mean, I don't I don't doubt his sincerity, by the way, but you don't think that his managing agents, but I think it's like Jay-Z's um uh management agency who who kind of specialize in this kind of thing. You don't think that, you know, one day he just went, Oh man, it's so out of order, they ain't got no school dinners. And that that his agent went, Oh, I think we can work with that. You don't think that happened? Well, the, the publicity that he's, I mean, he's done an enormous amount of good. And if the Benetton adverts then, you know, it's raise then awareness. Of, yeah, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really good thing. I think he's got a really positive cause and I think he's done a lot of good. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. Well, I, I, I maintain I think both can be true. Didn't score enough goals, though, did he? He was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he sat up a lot, didn't he? Didn't he do quite a lot of assists? No, he had a, he had a good World Cup. Yeah, yeah, the funny wasn't thing the is, very long actually, was he? In fairness, he wasn't. Brought he scored on some great goals. goals. He scored some great. The funny thing is, when he was getting, you know, and I'll stress by the way to, to answer your your point, Elena. I, I think the fact that some people will seek to publicise their philanthropy doesn't negate the philanthropy. The philanthropy is still valid yeah. in and of itself. I just reserve the right to say, well, they got a pretty handy goddamn yeah, it's better than not doing it. it. It's better um, than not it at all. Yes, exactly. But um, another point about Rashford is when he was getting all these ad campaigns, he was shit. He wasn't even getting picked for Man U. <laughs> uh, and so that's why I was smelling a rat. He's actually quite good. He's, he's been one of our better players in this World Cup. So... Um, so it's funny how, how it goes, and, and he might have he might have got those ad campaigns anyway. I, I don't I don't think he would have been picked for England though, just on his cam- ad campaigns or his... no, I don't. It would be funny if they picked him just to bring on dinners or something like that. <laughs> anyway. Bring on the halftime oranges. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have a whole thing about how there's not enough football players who get halftime oranges. Um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, big tangent there. Um, we, we haven't got forever, so I, I'd better let you crack on. Shall I go for the next one? Okay. I think this one's hard. But anyway, right. Who's it for? Is it for Ian? Um, no, he just got the, uh, got the got philanthropy one. one that led to the tangent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's your turn, Scott. So which country country is using more than 750 vantage towers to generate wind power at their mobile sites the towers oh. are run by vodafone so if, if that helps yeah i know who vantage is thank you <laughs> which, about which, the only thing that you've brought up that i do know so far um <laughs> okay, so which country uh i'm gonna go germany because i think vantage is there and they're quite into green stuff in germany oh you've done it yes it. Go on. So would that, you have guessed that, Ian? Yeah, I would have said Germany as well. Okay. It's quite fun when I nod. This bobble goes all over the place. Oh, yeah. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine makes a ding, ding, ding sound. I think I've got a bobble. I should have no. there. Really. I think you have. Yeah, you've got some bobble there, but you've got, oh. a, you've got a sort of elf hat, haven't oh, you? Oh, yeah, there it is. It's an elf hat, yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. twisty, isn't it? It's quite twisty. I think my head's too big for it, to be honest with you. It's uh, designed for Becky's size head, which is considerably smaller than mine, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, is it, is it, are you feeling the constraint a bit? Yeah. going to take it off and there's going to be a rush of blood to my head after mm-hmm. this podcast. Tell you what, though, it's a good way of keeping warm, having these hats on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might just nick this off my daughter. <laughs> you can work Another in thing- time. 
Another thing I've started doing, I'm not that cold today. I've started wearing like fingerless gloves when I'm at my desk here. It's, oh, really? quite, it's quite Dickensian in this weather. Yeah, it is. It's so cold. But it's going to get warm next week, I think. Yeah, that's going to be like 10 degrees or something on Monday. Yeah, yeah. and Hard warm to imagine. Again. Yeah. Would, yeah. So out of interest, what do you prefer? Rain and milder weather or cold but sun like it is today? Oh, I like I like a proper winter. Hmm. Um, you know when it's you know when it's sunny and and there's snow, it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. When, it, when well, it's, it's raining, I prefer the cold. When it's cold, I prefer the rain and the mild. Yeah. So as I was a saying, runner, as a I runner, was, in what do, what would you prefer to run in? That's a good question. I hate running in the rain, to be honest with you. Hmm. I don't mind if it starts raining when I'm running, but if it's pouring down and you're about to go out. I don't yeah. like that sometimes puts me off. I think I'll do it tonight instead or whatever. <laughs> it's a cold. I generally go out in the cold because once you start running, you don't. You're fine. I've you? done any run. What about you, Elena? You like a run. Do you, will you run in all conditions? Um, driving rain, no. Cold, yes, I will. I actually quite like it. It's quite refreshing. You need to make sure your top tip, you need to make sure your hands are warm. So put gloves on. Right. But yeah, you would do warm up. Certainly if you was on fit as I am, you warm up pretty damn quickly. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Next one. So this is Ian's question. Do we do we have a score? Are you give me a score. I am. You're yeah. three, two to Scott. Right. Okay. No pressure, Ian. Um, in an attempt to rein in the perceived power of digital gatekeepers like Google and Facebook. The EU designed and finalised which regulatory exercise this year? Um, <coughs> ooh. It's not GDPR, is it? That's different. Mm. Say, say the question again. In an attempt to rein in the perceived power of digital gatekeepers like Google and Facebook, the EU designed and finalised which regulatory exercise this year? Mm. I'll give you a clear cut starts with digital. It's three words. Digital. It's not going to be digital dominance, is it? Uh... No, something else in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Do you want to steal it? Scott? I'm going to go for Digital Markets Act. Oh, yeah. Well done. There we go. And there was, a, there was another one. There's another really similar one called Digital Fucking About Act or something like that. Um, but there we are. I stole it. 4-2. Go on. Go on. Okay. Um, I think this one is only fair that Scott answers because it was from this week. and it's ah. So... What was the name of the Ofcom report which was announced this week? Oh, was it like um it's like a sort of the state of broadband, something like that. I can't remember the precise name of it, but the broadband um yeah, broadband nation, digital nation, broadband, something like that. I can't I don't know precisely. I'm gonna go broadband nation report. Okay, no. Uh, Ian? Broad Bandits. <laughs> that should have been the name, but no. Um, you can't have lots of guesses. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best guess. Okay. 
No, it wasn't that, sadly. It was the Connected Nations report. Uh, I was right with the nations, wasn't I? But it was, I restricted it to broadband. That was my, that was my fatal mistake. Yeah. Okay. Next one, Ian. Eurofiber and who signed a frame agreement to accelerate fiber rollouts in Belgium, France, Germany, and the Netherlands in September of this year. Eurofiber and who? Hmm. I was going to say KPN, but I'm not sure what they've got to do with some of those other markets. Um, Hmm. Do you get a clue? You've given me a clue. It's an operator, okay, okay. it's a vendor. Is it Nokia? It is! That's yeah. amazing! Well done. Definitely get that point. Didn't need, even need a clue. No, I'm sorry for doubting you, Ian. <laughs> Maybe he should get an extra point for the fact that he didn't need a clue. Yeah. For all. For all, I think. <laughs> Whatever. I'm still going to kick your ass. <laughs> Okay, here you go then, Scott. <laughs> US-based telecoms operator contributed $6 million in a CSR initiative to drive digital literacy across the US. <laughs> back to our yeah, back, back to our philanthropy stuff. Yeah. A US operator chucked three six million bucks to help with just the online literacy, was it? Digit yeah, digital literacy. Digital literacy. Well, it's just a, a one in three punt, isn't it? Who seems more likely to do something like that? Um, I'm going to go T-Mobile. Oh. Do you want to steal it, Ian? one and two, mate. AT&T. Yes. Yes. God, now he's in the lead. You've stitched me up. Don't worry, you can still win it back. Okay, next one, Ian. The Advertising Standards Authority decided whose claim we are the UK's fastest major broadband provider is allowed but must provide better proof following a complaint from BT. It's quite easy. But... Um, is it three? No. Right. Can you say the question again? Yeah. So the Advertising Standards Authority decided that the claim we are the UK's fastest major broadband provider is allowed, but they must provide better proof following I a complaint from BT. Pretty sure it's Virgin Media VMO2. It is. Well done. Yeah. All right. We're level pegging again, yeah? Five all. Five all, yeah. Okay. So cable.co.uk released an April report listing what it reckoned were the cheapest <coughs> and most expensive places to buy broadband across the world. <clears throat> so there's some numbers. There are Sorry, there are different questions to this. So I'll oh. um, give one each to you. So what was the UK ranked? In terms of like global from most expensive down? Yeah. Oh, I, th I, think, I think we were up there. I'm going to go 10. 10. As in the... Tenth, tenth most expensive country in the world. Tenth most expensive, okay. Final answer? <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. It's not. No. 
So, I mean, what was I going to change it to? Another number. It's 20th. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh. 12th. So kind of in between. Oh, right. So you, the reason you were delaying is you were like, oh, Scott's so close. Go on, go on. Yeah. yeah. Hoping you might change it. Okay. Um, so the next one, Ian, which country has the cheapest broadband? Um, I don't know if this is the case anymore, actually. But anyway, for, at the time of the report, it was. This is all countries in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Which country has the cheapest broadband? In the France. whole world. What did France. you say, Ian? France. France. No. Scott. Cheapest. I don't know. I mean, is it a really poor country where everything's relatively cheap? Or is it somewhere where it's heavily subsidised? Um, maybe that's why you thought France. Uh, um, uh, if I'm going to go skint countries, I mean, I've got loads to choose from, so I've got to hope. So I'm going to go for somewhere that's really statist. Uh, Singapore. No. No. Okay, neither of you were right. So it was Russia. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case now, though. Um, what about the most expensive... Or if indeed they've got any broadband now. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, which one was the most expensive? I think that's to you now, Scott, isn't it? Um, okay, well, this is still this is still proper stuff. Most expensive broadband in the world, uh, US. No. Ian? I would never have this. God, somewhere really obscure, like Senegal or something. Yeah, like that's so why I didn't go into obscure countries, because there's too many of them. <laughs> That's really close, actually. I feel like giving you the point. Burundi. Oh, I should definitely get the point. It's basically the same place. <laughs> we'll give you that point. Oh, my God. This is a stitch-up. <laughs> Pierre, Pierre guessed Kuwait, by the way. Oh, right, OK. That's a pretty good, pretty good guess. Good guess. Maybe um, Pierre needs to be on someone's team. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got that wrong, so you oh, can be on his team. <laughs> Uh, if you like okay. the phone a friend like that, who wants to be a millionaire thing? Yeah. Who would you have as your phone a friend? Not, not Pierre. He said Q8. <laughs> Is that Andrew back at base checking the, the stories? Yeah. I, do you know what? I'm actually, I'm actually really bad at trivia. I've had, I've had people sort of get me on trivia teams assuming that I'd be some kind of asset, and I, I usually haven't been. Mm. It's different from knowing actual stuff. Yeah. I love a quiz, though, a general knowledge quiz. Clearly. Yeah. you know where the word trivia comes from? No, that's a, that's a good piece of trivia. <laughs> it means three roads, because the Romans used to put... put right, yes, of course. Where, ..where three roads met, because there's obviously a lot of travellers going past. It's the best place to post news, so they put bits of information up at sort of junctions where there were three roads. So trivia, yeah. I see. That is a that is a good bit of trivia. Nice one, Ian. Yeah, I, I'm going to share that at the Christmas dinner table when everyone's opening their crackers and sharing yeah. their. Trivia. I'm going to stump them all with that one. And they're going to go, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Elena. That's that's great. 
Well, then I'll say, well, just you wait. I'm going to get my telecoms.com quiz out for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually, do you know, I haven't, I haven't thought of looking into our board game um, selection. I think we're going to have to do some of that next week because I'm off next week. So uh, it's it can get harder. I mean, um, my kids, you know, my kids are in their sort of late teens now. Yeah. And they, I don't know, my, our kids' generation, I feel they don't have the attention span for board games. Do you, do you guys second yeah, that or are you better at it than I am? Yeah. I think my, my, sorry, go on, Elena. No, I was just going to say my kids are younger, so we're in, into things like Cluedo and Labyrinth and those <laughs> um, So, yeah. So. Hmm. I like the idea of Cluedo, actually. I might have to invest in a Cluedo cert for... Christmas. What I might do is meet him halfway and get digital versions of those board games so we can pay them on the Switch or something. Oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah. As if but I'm spent enough money already. We're getting our, our two, two kids this, a, a Switch this Christmas. Right. Yeah, my, my nephews are getting that, and I've just I just dropped a bunch of cash on buying them games. Oh, have you? Um, so which so, ones would you recommend then? I don't know. My nephews are, I believe, seven, if I haven't got that one wrong. <laughs> Seven and four. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to guess. I, I, I took their dad, my brother's advice, quite quite strongly on that. But, you know, there's all the sort of fun little sport games. There's one game, I think, called Mario Party, which is like a sort of board game. You have, like, counters and you move around a board, but then you do digital larks, depending on where you land. Uh, so Mario Party um, is one to consider. Okay. And that's oh, one the whole family can do. I'll let you know. We'll definitely be um, on the switch, though, I imagine, on Christmas Day. So, mm. <laughs> you know how it all goes. Yeah. Okay, should we get back to the quiz? <laughs> Indeed. I can't remember whose turn it is. I think it's Ian's. I think I just... Oh, no, he got the he got the Burundi one. Well, you gave it to him because you're clearly on, on biased in his favour. So, so it's my turn. Okay. Um, in an attempt to reduce customer e-waste... Who is shipping replaced and decommissioned kits to Cisco to be recycled? Which company? Hmm. Someone's shipping stuff to Cisco for Cisco to do the recycling. Yeah. I'm really disillusioned at my professional attitude that hardly any of your questions ring any bells at all. <laughs> um, it's going to be, uh, let me think. Will it be someone who makes devices or will it be an operator? It's, it's a big name a... in the UK. Big you what? It's a big name in the UK. Big name in the UK, but they're getting Cisco involved. Um, big name in the UK. I don't know. I'll, I'll go with an operator. I'll go BTE. Yeah, well done. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real punt. What the hell? There you go. Do you know what I'm going to do? I like know uh, with that one, and then you, you guys fill slash ask in his question because I finished my beer. Okay, so I'm going to turn off my video so that you don't see me leaving my room to go and get another beer. I'll be back okay. in a sec. All right, all right, no worries. Okay, I feel this could be an easy one, um, Ian, but Sellafield Limited runs the UK's largest nuclear site. Which telco group signed a 32 million? Pound deal to upgrade and run the Sellafield's entire network services this year. Which telco group? Um, 
obviously in the UK. So it's one of the four, it's one of the four operators. Okay. Um, is it also BT? It is. Yeah. Well, that was cheeky. That was cheeky. Great, great job. And Scott's going to be really annoyed when he comes back. So that's great. I, I guess it had to be because they're the, the sort of incumbent. The deals always go to the incumbents, those sorts of things, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I did think that was quite an easy one, but still, you're at a disadvantage, not writing for the site. So, only fair. What happened? I'm getting bonus points for every question I get right, as I'm totally unfamiliar with the. Did well, you get this one right that I just missed? Yeah. It's the same answer as your answer. No way. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, it carried ten points with it as well. I'm only <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think there's any pretense at, at fairness and due process in this quiz. <laughs> well, let's see how you do on the next one. So, Scott, this one's yours. The US FBI called in which US operator to modernise and expand its network infrastructure, data, and voice solutions this year? FBI. It's going to be one of the two. Historic big ones. Um, I'm going to go AT and T. Ian, do you want to steal? Uh, <laughs> hey, Scott. This is seeming like a stitch off. I'm sorry, Scott. Uh, it's quite all right. Okay, next one. Um, yeah, this is to you. According to an April financial report, which Chinese telco ended last year with over 200 million customers using its 5G network? China Mobile. Yeah. That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, I'm sorry, this is seeming like a stitch up. It isn't meant to be. No, I know it's not really. I just I just get some I get some sort of solace from pretending that it is. <laughs> Okay, let's see if see if you get the next one. Funded by the Japanese Ministry of Internal Affairs and Communications in conjunction with Rakuten, where will their Oran Customer Experience Centre be built in March of 2023? Funded by Japan. So yeah, funded by Japan in conjunction with Rakuten. And they're building yeah. an Oran customer experience center. I, where... I can't just say Japan. No, it's not Japan. I'll give you <laughs> right. Okay. Oh shit. Um, uh, oh, maybe it's a UK thing. But if if so, then I can't think where. Oh no, you don't um... have to. You just have to say a country. Okay, well, I'll go UK then. Yes. Yeah. Well All right. I thought I was meant to pick the town or or something like that. Oh no, that would be way too complicated. <laughs> Not somewhere like Slough. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere like that, yeah. Somewhere where Oran belongs. <laughs> okay. Um, Ian, which UK-based telco partnered with IBM to explore IBM's extensive quantum computing expertise? This telco also became one of the first members of the GSMA's post-quantum telco network task force. UK post quantum. What's post quantum? What comes after quantum? <laughs> the UK no. UK operator. Yeah. Tempted to say BT again, but can it be three BTs in a row? 
Um, That's a question, isn't it, mate? They're, they are quite into their quantum stuff, aren't they? They love it. They love a bit of quantum. Go on then, BT. No. Scott, do you want to steal? Right. <laughs> um, buh, 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 buh. With IBM. I don't know. I'm going to go Vodafone. They're like mucking around with technology as well. Yeah, it was Vodafone. Aha. Uh-huh. What's the score now? Nine to Ian. Eight to Scott. Oh. Who's okay. anyone behind? Yeah, dis- despite the flagrant corruption. Don't be a sore loser. I haven't lost yet. No. Okay, next one. Um, UK comms regulator Ofcom proposed requiring a new licence for commercial drone operators following trials including drone delivered post by which mail service? Mm. Um, is it, who is it? Me or Ian? <coughs> uh, it's you, isn't it, Scott? Yeah, because you got the you got the BT one wrong, Ian. Oh yeah, Stop get back it. in your box, son. Um, all right. I'll, so I'll when you get it wrong, yeah. So it's going to be either Royal Mail or someone like UPS or FedEx. I'm going to go FedEx. Ian, you can, you can steal. The Royal Mail. It is. No, swine. <laughs> I should have gone for that. I talked myself out of the obvious answer. I did. I should have said it was an easy one, then you would have got it. Okay. Aiming to accelerate its digital transformation and improve customer service, which UK-based telco announced a five-year deal with Google Cloud, focusing on cloud infrastructure, machine learning, AI, and data analytics? UK-based telco. Is that for me? Yeah. Is that Vodafone? No. Go on then, oh. Scott. Um, Google Google Cloud. Mm. I think I'm gonna. I think I could try BT again. It is. It's BT. Oh. Well done. I think it might be neck and neck now. Um. Okay, so your turn, Scott. Yeah. A class action lawsuit claimed which social media giant abused its market dominance to impose unfair terms and conditions to exploit the data of 44 million UK users? Surely this is up your street. It is up my street. I mean, class action lawsuit abusing data of a bunch of users. I think it's got to be Facebook. Well, what would they, did they rebrand to? Uh, all right, Meta. <laughs> well <done>. Bravo. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to get the answer on the card, Scott. You you have. So right. well done. Um. Right, this one is in so, the lead. In the lead. I think this one's really easy, but I'm so I apologise in advance. No Scott, pressure, Ian. You're behind, and it's easy. You don't I'm want to fuck this one I mean, up. Even I got this one, so I'm pretty sure that you'll get this one. Which company bought Vonage this year? <laughs> yeah, I think Eric- he can manage that. <laughs> yeah, Ericsson. Yes, well done. Um, okay, Nokia. Well, you'll be thrilled changing- to hear, Ian, that, I was, that being on holiday, you missed 
writing up Ericsson's Capital Markets Day, which is what I wrote today. Oh, uh, yeah. I did see the email this morning. Yeah. And they're basically going, yeah, we're, we're going to turn into a platforms company, but don't hold your breath on anything going too well too soon. Right. Uh, and, their, and their shares are down about another 7 or 8%. Oh, really? Just on a capital markets day. And that doesn't normally happen, does it? I saw they, they're sort of aiming for the lower end of the projection. Yeah, maybe that was the thing. Maybe that was some uh, some fresh guidance. But they also said, didn't they say something about the RAND market being totally flat for the next three years as well? Yeah, that exactly. That would have to be uh, market share gains or something. Yeah, actually, uh, they they focus on the RAND market, but then further down in the in the material, they said pretty much all the all the networking kit all the wireless networking kit market is it will go up by most a percent over the next few years. Right. So, so what they're basically saying is where we make most of our money, there's going to be no growth okay. from the overall market there. Yeah. So yeah, their, their shares are down almost 40% this year. What yeah. does that mean? For your shares? Sorry, you've, you've got shares, haven't you? And yeah, I, I, my 20 quid. My, it's, it's getting down to close to a tenner now, I think. <laughs> I, can't even buy a, I can't even buy a pickled herring with my Ericsson shares. <laughs> oh, sad times. And contrastingly, your your client uh, Nokia is, is still in the in the green, as opposed to the red for me. So there we go. Yeah. Okay, next one, um, and it is a Nokia question. Nokia was chosen to spearhead 6G ANA, a nationally funded project designed to drive 6G research and standardization in which country? I think more of these initiatives should have girls' names. Is that me or Scott? It's me. You just got Vonage, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, it's you, because I wouldn't have a clue. I think 6G ANA, they used to be... Around the time of Brexit, there used to be a, a young woman who dyed her hair blue and called herself Euro Girl. I'm picturing 6G <laughs> as, as some kind of, uh, some sort of glamorous young woman bigging up 6G. Um, I think it's uh, Germany. It is Germany. Well done. Another point to you, Scott. Well I think done. they should have picked a more German girl's name. What's a German girl's name? Hello? Heidi. Helga. <laughs> 6G Helga. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh, I did. I'll, I'll pass it on to the team. Yeah, please, please do. Give them my feedback. I will. They'll be grateful. <laughs> Can pass it on directly to Phil. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably listening to the pod now that he's been on it. Oh, I hope so. Should be subscribed, shouldn't he? He should. No, I'm, I'm not actually. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he listened to it before as well. Um, pretty sure he did I think all the team do there okay next one according to a November survey entitled the connected home report by trade association tech UK and research firm GFK what two factors are fueling an uptake in smart home devices this is an uptake in smart home devices yeah um there's a rising, point for each one. Rising broadband penetration. Mm. And that's not one of them, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Elena, Elena, you don't play poker, do you? 
Because <laughs> I'd like to play you. Your eyes go like this. When, I, when I'm feeling a bit skint, I'd like to play Elena at poker. <laughs> um, more people using Spotify. Christ. I don't know. No, neither. Scott, do you want to steal? I'm inclined to say, jokingly, laziness. Um, But um, no, I I think what increased use of smart home devices. Um, I think security might be one of the things. And um, and I don't know, uh, devices. Yeah, security and and maybe just availability of things like um, Echo and all that. That's all I got. Very good answers, but no. Apparently, it was the climate and the economy. The climate and the economy. Yeah. Why does the climate make you use smart home devices? I don't Do know. We know. No, I think we'll so. Is it, it just too, too cold to go to the shops? So you go, oi, <laughs> Echo, order me some beers in. I don't want to go down the pub. It's freezing outside. Or if it's a climate, do you think people maybe think it's somehow more eco-friendly to uh, to shout at a smart speaker rather than go and drive down to Sainsbury's? <coughs> Someone to drive to you instead. Yeah, do, well, quite. I think it's to do with the uptake of devices like smart thermostats and... Ah, uh, yeah. Lighting and things like that. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced by them. I mean, I don't think I've got one. I think I've got a smart meter. You, you hear these ads saying, you know, this smart thermostat and all that sort of thing. I'm just, I'm not sure what they can do. Like right now, I'm having to use a lot of heating. I don't know about you, Elena. I, I was like, took it down to the wire. I think I got to about December before I had it on for more than just a little burst in the morning. But this week, I've just had to go sod it. I, I'm going to just blow the cash. There's no. Yeah, yes. it's too cold. It gets too cold if you just have it on in the morning. Yeah, yeah. By lunchtime, it's you're back to square one. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. It was that was Ian's, wasn't it? So it's me now. That was Ian's, right? So, um, aiming to evolve the smart home security market, which UK operator partnered with home security firm Verisure, Verisure, and security firm Norton to introduce a monitored home alarm package. Uh-huh. Uh, what sort of company was I'm <coughs> to answer? It's a UK operator, and it partnered with a home security firm and. The cybersecurity right. firm Norton. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to just because we haven't guessed them for a bit. Are you going with? O2. O2. No. Uh. Ian. <coughs> um, BT. E. Yeah, that counts. I can allow that. Okay. A lot um, of answers to your questions are BT. If I guessed BT to every BT question you asked, I'd probably be doing all right. <laughs> you have a BT a lot on your website. I guess so. Well, it is British Telecom, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. Um, okay, this one's hard, I think, but let's see. Which cruise ship operator claims it was the first to use Elon Musk's Starlink internet service? I can only think of one. Royal Caribbean. Yes. Oh. No way. It's really how quite about, How about that, ladies and gentlemen? The only one he can think of is the one that used Elon Musk. Are they the only cruise ship service in the world? No, there are others. That's just the, that's the only one that sprung to mind. Can you think of any other? <laughs> no. Can't think of any. I mean, I've never been on a cruise. Has anyone been on a cruise? 
No, but didn't P and O had that scandal this year, didn't it? Where it sacked all those all the, all its staff. Yeah, but well, they're not a cruise ship. They're like a ferry, or do they do cruises as well? And they do cruises, I think. Yeah, P and O uh, do cruises. Don't know why Pierre's just written in Virgin. Is it, are you accusing me of something, Pierre? <laughs> I think you can go on an easy jet cruise. Oh, Virgin uh, Cruises. Apparently there's a Virgin Cruise thing. There we go. Looks like he's written Virgin Viruses. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't get okay. those cruises. Sometimes you see those. Um, so obviously the cruise ship industry had a nightmare during all the pandemic. But you see some of these modern day cruises and they're like 20 stories high. Yeah. I personally, being moderately misanthropic as I am, the thought of being crammed in with thousands of people in one of these massive floating hotels for days on end just horrifies me. Get back to me in about 20 years when, I, when I'm retired and doing cliched retired things. Yeah. But right now, I just think it's appalling. Does it appeal to either of you two cruises? <coughs> it doesn't, but my parents do them. And I think my dad was never a fan. He was never up for it. And then they, my mum sort of badgered him into going on one one year and... They've been on a few now, but no, no agree with you, enough of them. yeah, they they really like it, but it doesn't appeal to me either. I I sort of find the whole idea of yeah, like you say, being uh, having that many people around all the time and oh mm. god. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. I think um, I I spoke to some friends who went on one um few a few months ago, and they were similarly reluctant, but they had to go because um. One of them had a had a, a basically a broken ankle, so couldn't do sort of kind of usual Normal stuff. Yeah, and um, they actually said it was amazing. The boat is so huge that there's never a shortage of of things to do, um, and you know, hun- hundreds of different activities put on each day. Loads of restaurants to choose from, and then you you dock in certain places that you can kind of explore. You go and well. mill about there. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I mean, the underlying concept. Yeah, you know, I love the thought of doing a Caribbean cruise and just going to like Bahamas one day and, yeah, you know, um, whatever Jamaica the next day. Um, I just, I'd just rather have the whole cruise shit to myself. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I don't think that's an option. No, not unless you're very rich. Yeah, yeah. I'd quite, I quite like the idea of going to the Arctic and seeing, seeing the Arctic. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. That, but that's not your classic cruise, that's more adventurous stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Whose turn is it? How uh, are we doing in terms of your numbers of questions? We've got probably about eight more to oh, go. Okay, good. I was just making sure that we aren't going to suddenly run out of time. No, no, no. We'll be fine, I think. Um, okay. I think it's Ian's go, isn't it? Sure. Yeah, because I because I fluked that Royal Caribbean one. Yeah. So, um, as July temperatures hit 40 degrees in the UK this summer, which two public cloud services admitted to data centre outages due to cooling infrastructure issues? Oh, that's right up your street, Ian. Well, it is, but I'll pro- probably get them wrong. Um, Microsoft Azure and AWS. No, go on then. Scott, did, he, did he not get it right? Did I get one of them right? No. 
Sorry. Really? Oh, God, I'd only have chosen between three anyway. Yeah, I only think there's only three of them anyway, but I suppose there are smaller ones. But say the question again, Elena. Um, as July temperatures hit 40 degrees in the UK this summer, which two public cloud services admitted to data centre outages due to cooling infrastructure issues? And it's and it's not either of AWS or Azure or Microsoft. Right. So I guess that leaves Google Cloud and, and one other. Um, got Google Cloud. Not it's it's not Google Cloud. No, no, it is. What that you've got one. Right, yeah, yeah. So uh, we could get into the long tail. Who else does it? Oracle. <gasps> yes. Fluky <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <Lure it> back. <laughs> you just called me a fluky bastard, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. I th I thought this was quite interesting. See what you think. In an April report from Bespoke Software Solutions, I think this one's to Scott, right? Yeah. Um, which app do Brits want to delete the most from their phones? Hmm. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, things like Twitter, but then that requires, you want to give something that most people have in the first place. And a lot of people don't bother with Twitter. Um, they want to delete the most. I'm going to go with, hmm, this is going to be, am I going to pick social media? If so, um, yeah, all right, I will. I'll go uh, Facebook. No. Ian, you can steal. Go on. Twitter. No, it was Snapchat. Oh, so we were in the right area. Yeah, you were definitely in the right area. I thought it was interesting because... You know, <coughs> they, what's that, that's what they love, isn't it, supposedly? Snapchat? One of them, I think. I think Snapchat's going off the boil. I think I think young people like TikTok, don't they? Oh, do they? Yeah. More than Snapchat. Yeah, TikTok's quite popular, but um, everyone's shitting themselves because it's owned by a Chinese company. My, uh, my, my son just piped up and said, no, nah, it's dying. What is? What's TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Oh, TikTok's dying. Yeah. So what? What's what's uh what's hot? What's hot then, Alex? Pop. Now, what's uh, what's popular now on the social media front? TikTok's still popular, but it's not as popular as it used to be. Oh, okay. And what else? Bit. Does he like Snapchat? You like Snapchat? I haven't got it yet. He hasn't oh. got Snapchat. He's not. He doesn't really use that that much social media, but he's aware of TikTok, obviously. Indeed. Well, uh, try and keep it that way. Snap talk. <laughs> yeah, it says snap talk. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> okay. I, I, by the way, as a, a quick tangent, I'm, I'm really enjoying all the fun going on with Twitter at the moment. I don't know if you guys have been tracking it, but you know Elon Musk ended up buying it. Yeah. And now he's just doing pretty much what you expect Elon Musk to do, which is just being just random and and sort of megalomaniacal he's going around kicking people off everyone's moaning if you look on like tech meme which is um for people who don't know is, is like an aggregator of tech news that's quite us focused yeah he's, he's been kicking off journalists um principally journalists of the sort of establishment and in the left in in the states typically more left-leaning cnn new york times that sort of thing He's been kicking them off and they're all freaking out. And I'm just getting a lot of schadenfreude because a lot of those journalists are the ones that, that were actively lobbying for censorship 
when they thought that they could control it. Mm. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. I, I don't think Musk's being consistent. Um, I think he's leaving himself open to all sorts of accusations of being capricious and hypocritical. But I'm getting a lot of schadenfreude from all these oh. media censors getting kicked off and then freaking out about freedom of speech all of a sudden. Whatever you think of this, of the, you know, whatever your position is on it, it's quite entertaining to watch, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he's he's just uh, he's like in some ways he's like the the Trump of tech. Yeah. Except that you know he hasn't got that sort of that sort of Trumpy obnoxious delivery. Yeah. But he is this absolute sort of source of of chaos and disruption and unpredictability, which which Trump was in in the political space. Um, and yeah, so it make, makes for an entertaining spectacle, no doubt. How it's all going to end up, I don't know. If yeah. I was one of the co-investors in Twitter, I'd be shitting myself a bit right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you pay for a blue tick? Personally, I wouldn't, but then I, I think the only people who probably would pay for it are people who have a sort of professional interest in it. I mean, I don't really actively use Twitter at all, partly because I don't trust myself to not say something cancelable. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's one thing being on this pod and I'll swear a little bit and, and come up with the odd edgy joke. But in the context of a podcast, I, I think, you know, the nuance can be seen over one or two hour podcast. You know, that's why that's why people like Joe Rogan tend to survive cancellation things. But, but Twitter is, you know, is just sending a very short message out for public consumption that can easily be um misunderstood or, or or used maliciously against you. I just don't think it's worth it. But then people, you know, journalists who uh, are less niche than we are, of course they'd pay for it. What's what's eight quid a month to to get that kind of enhanced distribution and all that sort of thing? I, I would have thought it'd be a no-brainer. I what about you from a PR side? Do you think it's worth it? Well no, not really, because um it's it's not credible, is it, if you pay for a blue tick? That was the value of it, that it was independently given or supposedly independently given to people right and i see some kind of credibility behind it and therefore when you followed that person you knew they had some kind of kudos to be able to you know and to, to make following them relevant yeah. but you know if everybody's legitimacy paid, yeah i don't, I don't think Is, i don't know if there's some vetting i don't know if it's anyone who pays for it can get it or they still have to work out that you're not a bot or whatever yeah they must uh, work out that you're not a bot but other than that, I think, you know, anyone can can pay for. But I mean, the other fun thing that's been coming out. So he's been leaking all this stuff now that he's got Twitter. He's just gone into their email servers and he's just spamming out internal communication to independent reporters like Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss. Mm. And, um, you know, and it's quite clear that that their moderation, for want of a better word, was was completely unsystematic. Yeah, it's basically just some people going, yeah, I don't like I don't like that. Yeah. Ban it. Yeah. You know, there was no due process. There was no hard and fast rules, and then and then you get the problem that you know a lot of Silicon Valley tends to be tends to politically lean towards Democrats. You know, I'm not picking a team Republican versus Democrat. I don't have a vote in the states, but if if you have you know the, what what is basically the digital public square, and it's being run by people who make up the moderation rules on the fly. And they all have a provable bias in one political direction. It's obviously incredibly damaging for political discussion. And, and the crowning one, sorry, I'll, I'll get off this high horse in a sec. The crowning one was in, in late, 20, uh, late 2020 when um, one of the major newspapers in the States called New York Post got hold of a, 
some information that um, Joe Biden's son, uh, who who had sort of substance abuse problems and that sort of thing, apparently once left his laptop in a computer repair shop and then just got so off his tits that he forgot it was there. Um, and then the and the guy, you know, I think you know the, the repair people are in, entitled to just claim it if you don't ask for it back within a certain amount of time. And he ended up leaking it to. It ended up in the hands of the New York Post, the information on it. And some of it was looked quite damaging to Joe Biden. And this was just before the US general election. And all of the social media led by Twitter basically all colluded to limit um, people's ability to read this story as much as possible, which to me feels like direct election interference. And that's yeah. not to say I wish Trump had won because I think he's a nutter. But you can't have people just dicking about with elections. It's not a democracy anymore if you can let them do that. Absolutely. So anyway, that's yeah. my uh, that's my soapbox on that one. Well, the whole Twitter story is certainly going to be one that's going to roll into 2023, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and as we can all agree, at the very least, it, it's entertaining. It is very entertaining. I mean, it's arguably one of the, the biggest tech story of 2022, or do you think there are bigger stories? Well, I mean, it depends how you look at it. I think in terms of where tech um, intersects with culture, it's probably the biggest. Yeah. You know, in terms of pure tech stories, there'll be M&A or regulatory stuff or or, or whatever that's bigger. But but the th that's the thing that tech now, is the, the, the Venn diagram overlap between tech and culture is quite big. And I think it was 20, I've spoken about this on the pod before, it was 2016 that really brought that on to everyone's attention, that the twin electoral shocks of Brexit and Trump. Yeah. Everyone's sort of like, yeah, fucking hell, this is social media's fault. And and politicians have been sniffing around social media ever since. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the answer is, other than for there to be hard and fast rules. I, I just don't think, I, I said it in the last pod with um, Phil, because I, I brought this up as, as one of my Scott Pacino TM um, <laughs> self-indulgent <laughs> rants at the end. And, and he went, what's the answer? And I went, I think the answer is that they should all be banned from acting against anyone who doesn't behave illegally. So they should be constrained by national law, not by their own random ad hoc whims. So yeah. there we are. Oh, there we go. There we are. Scott has spoken. Has spoken. Um... Okay, back on the social media platform. I think this is Ian, because I get, I, is that right? No, no. I think it yeah, is Ian. Yeah, it's because I, I got Facebook wrong and he got Twitter wrong and it was Snapchat, so it's Ian, yeah. So, ostracised rapper Kanye West, now known as Ye, is it Ye? Yay, I think you pronounce it, okay. as in Kanye. Oh yeah, Kanye, okay, yeah. Kanye, yay, decided to buy which infamous social media platform this year? Is it Parlour? It is. Well done. I didn't that because of Scott. Thanks, Scott. I've, ta I've taught you well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, last I heard, when Ye started coming out with some really crazy shit that he'd been coming out recently, Parlour was going, do you know what? You can't buy us. You're too mental. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Um, Scott, your, your turn. In an attempt focused on sustainability... The Internal Market and Consumer Protection Committee voted to enforce what around small and medium-sized electronics? Blimey. I think this is this is actually a really big news story of last year, but maybe the um, question isn't phrased that well. Right. 
the EU has enforced what around um, small devices? Oh, right. Yeah, it'll be some kind of like um, recycling directive or, or or something like that, but I can't remember the name of it. You're going to keep so. yourself. Ian, what about you? Um, hmm. Don't know. It's the common standard charger type. Oh, the USB-C thing. <coughs> I was, yeah, no, you're right. I was thrown off by, by thinking about recycling and... and tree hugging stuff one thing i one thing i'll say about USB-C. I, the last two phones i've had have been uh pixels and i buy them because they're quite a sort of clean build you know you haven't got extra samsung bloatware or whatever on the top of it because it's the google own brand but the the USB-C dock in it is always gets knackered so that when i stick the lead in it doesn't work anymore i have to really sort of shove it in um, I don't know. What, I don't know if that's just unique to Google or whether people are finding that with USB-C on the whole. Write in, listeners. Can I give you a tip? Uh huh. Yeah. This apparently happens a lot with men's devices because you put the in your like pocket in your pocket, and then it gathers dust Fluff. and yeah, rubbish, and it it all gets into the 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 little charging port. And so, actually, if you just try and clean that out. You know, blow into it or or take it into um get rid of all the old sweet wrappers and bits of chewing gum, Scott. <laughs> but do you know what I do? Look, I don't know if I don't know if you can see it. This is a bit of someone's business card. Okay. And I'm not gonna show who it is because uh they're in my space and they'll be offended. Their business card, <laughs> their business card looks like I'm using it for roaches you and echo on the edge of it. Yeah, exactly. Their business card looks like I'm using it to make roaches for joints. Um, but actually what I'm doing is tearing bits of it to create little bits of cardboard. So, Elena, I'm actually I'm actually ahead of you on that. And then I sort of muck about in here. But it's not helping that much. You know what? Take it to Ice Mash and they have a special contraption that will get the dust out. Ice Mash? It's a, that's a company, isn't it? Ice Mash where you... It's not filling me with confidence, that company name, if I'm honest. Is it called Ice Mash? I'm now down to my... <laughs> they, they repair phone screens and they're in all sort of major... Right. They'll whack it with a hammer a couple of times <laughs> and, uh, and then it'll work. <laughs> well, they'll just hit me and then I won't care about my phone anymore. <laughs> all right, I might give that a go, Elena, because yeah. the, uh, the, roach me method, the roach method isn't paying off at the moment. Okay, well, let me know how you get on. Okay, next one. This is three in, I think. Ian. What are the scores, Elena? Oh, hang on. We've only got two questions left. Can we leave? Right. Them? Well, there we are. Let's let's have some. Let's introduce some jeopardy and tension into this. Do you want me to tell the scores, or shall I just leave yeah. it? No, tell us. I, I want to know if one, if we're both still in with a shout of winning. All right. Bear with me then. Okay. Ian's on thirteen. Scott is on fourteen. Oh. Okay. See Ian's code. You better get this one, son. <laughs> Telcos in what country will soon be subject to stricter rules governing network outages and hacking incidents 
after a package of revisions to the Ordinance on Telecommunication Services was approved by the government. Which country? That's not a nice one, is it? No. Is it in Europe? It is in Europe. Italy. No. Scott. Who has an ordinance? Um, ordinance. I'm going to go Germany again. No. Oh. Switzerland. Okay, oh, so you're still in with a shout, Ian. That would, have, that would have killed you if I got that one right. Who was it, Elena? Switzerland. Switzerland. Right. Oh, they love laws, don't they? They love <laughs> rules. Um, okay, so this is the last question. Um, and it's from this week. So, according to your annual industry report... Oh, shit. <laughs> annual industry report you published this week, the industry is predominantly happy with telecoms business performance in 2022. What percentage of respondents voted it an excellent or a good year? Hmm. I'm going to go 65. Shall we give it to Ian? That's wrong. See if you sure, give it to Ian because he's got to get this, and then it'll be a, if he gets this, and it's a draw, isn't it? It's a tie. Yeah, it is 45. No, it oh. was 63%. 63. Ah, oh. if Ian had guessed 63, you would have given it to him as well. Well, of course, I would have given it to him. That was the answer. No, I mean, if if I sorry, 65 because I was only two off. Oh, yeah, you were. <coughs> Oh, okay, oh, well anyway, I won anyway. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but well done as well, Ian. And, um, that was good. It was a good tight contest. As a, as, a, as a prize, you're both going to get a package of secret deliveries being sent by a elf and Father Christmas next week from, from Liberty HQ. Oh, is you're Liberty gonna... sending us a bribe of the week? You are, you are being sent a bribe of the week, but not so much a bribe, but more a prize. Prize of the week. No, I know. You know, I when I say bribe, it's all tongue in cheek. Yes, well, yeah. that's that's very kind of you, Lena, and very kind of you, Liberty. Very kind of you, D. Yes. And etc. Mm. Cool. Well, that was brilliant. Thanks a lot for that. Those are those are really. I'm, I'm really grateful for the work you put into researching those questions. Oh no problem. Well, it was all your hard work and Nick and Mary's and um, Andrew. Teams, Andrews. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And a couple of other people, I think, actually stole a couple of stories in there um so yeah well done to them and well done to you guys yeah, yeah. good job cool okay so um we might make it a regular thing elena if you fancy it that would be really fun and i will bring my bag of um <coughs> props next time and the prizes in real life and my buzzers yeah University well that, that's assuming they're not still the trains aren't still striking in a year's time okay. well what oh. predictions do you have for next year then Actually, Andrew's working on a great big predictions piece. I think, um, like, boring, boringly enough, <clears throat> you know, the big question is how fucked is the economy, global economy going to be, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, I think uh, the inflationary pressures we created by locking everyone in their houses and then borrowing money to pay them not to work yeah. uh, are going are to make their way through for quite a long time. Um, 
and you know the UK politics and economy just seems a complete car crash. I think we're looking for we're looking for the Yanks to lead us out of it. Really, I think the UK economy is going to be looking a bit moody for a while. Um, it'll be US. I mean, I don't know about China at the moment because they're still doing things like zero COVID and they're still locking down a lot. Then they moved away from it a bit now. Yeah, when people started freaking out, yeah. it shows that you know you can. I mean, I know a lot. A lot of people will have been locked up and and put in room 101. But it, it shows that even in China, public protest seems to have some kind of effect. Yeah. That's, um, that's a positive thing from this year, actually, isn't it? Yeah, a bit. But I think, yeah, US, we're looking for we're looking for inflation to go down in the US for for sort of companies to make a, a, a bit more money. But I, I, I just think on the whole, next year it's gonna be a bit of a challenge. Uh, in terms of broader economics, um, in terms of telecoms, I mean, we're still trying to work out what the point of five G is, aren't we? Yeah, those um, like telecom prediction stories—they always seem to be the same, don't they? No matter what the year is, you know, you can spin out the same one again and again, at least for five years, and then you've probably got to move on to a, a new G or something. But yeah, yeah. do you I know what my favourite one? one? If anyone ever says to me, the only, the only constant is change then i i have to slap them yeah i mean i'll literally i'll launch myself at them if someone says that within earshot of me yeah. <laughs> i i do the same thing if somebody says paradigm shift right god i think i've been guilty of that it's a good thing we're good thing we're remote yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you lena what, what are you looking forward to next year um, I'm looking forward to Mobile World Congress. I didn't go last year, so I'm hoping to go this year. Oh, cool! Well, we'll definitely be there. So hopefully, we'll get to hang out. Yeah, that would be really maybe. Fun. Maybe we'll get you when we normally we normally try and do a pod there. And we oh, normally yeah. get a, we normally get a few people there. So keep in touch on that. Um, yeah, if you fancy and, it. And the drinks at the um, Glacial. So. Glacial, yeah. <laughs> well, except last year, Glacial isn't what it once was. Oh, in terms um, of what the bar has changed, or yeah, um, I think the, the the lockdown kind of killed it. So for for listeners, this is a little. I suppose I don't know if it's a secret, but it was. I think it was um, CC Group. I think it was um, Rich and Paul who started this. Um, but it's basically like UK flax and hacks, telecoms flax and hacks, flax being a, a slang word for PR people, and hacks obviously being journalists. Um, on, on the Wednesday night, we, we ended up end up from about 10 onwards at this nice bar just off La Rambla called Glaciar. Um, and that's always been a real highlight. But we went last year and, and the main inside bit was just was just shut down. Oh, we had to just sit outside in the plaza. It wasn't the same. Oh, maybe I think we ended up at a different bar, didn't we, after a while? Because there's the corner one that you can go upstairs. At. Yeah, like cocktail bar. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I had to. I was about the only vague spanish speaker among all of us so i ended up I ended up having to do quite a lot of grown-up work making yeah. it all happen yeah i still enjoyed it i mean it's on it was still on plaza real and it's quite a nice place to hang out in the evening but um but yeah it's a shame that bar sort of it, it was almost like it had shifted location actually i remember the, yeah. the venue had moved down two doors weirdly Quite. All the yeah. tables that are outside were down, but but obviously the inside bit, which oh, is a really off. nice corner bar. Is I always yeah. thought it was quite a quite an attractive bar as well. Yeah, that was all shut down. I mean, the, the lockdown just, you know, you can imagine, you know, loads of businesses, especially small businesses <laughs> that were just about 
struggling through. That would have just killed them off, wouldn't it? Yeah. Of course. We need to manage. Yeah. <laughs> need to go what and find. Say, Lena? I think we need a recce to go and find a new bar. Yeah, well, this is your this is your chance to steal uh, Rich and Paul's thunder <laughs> and make it a Liberty thing more than the CC group thing. <laughs> oh, would they no. ever forgive me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, it's a good it's a good annual jamboree. Yeah. Um, I, I just out of interest, how many predictions pieces do you get in your inboxes? Well, I've been, I, I asked Andrew to sort of collate them and I, I, I must have forwarded him 20 emails by now. Oh, 20. Wow. Okay. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough. You know, some of them seem quite generic and, and some of them are quite niche. You know, there'll be one from a PR agency saying, you know, our client who is in the widget business has the following, you know, predictions about the widget business. And then you just got to wonder whether you care. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I think it's rude not to, I mean, for us, like we're, we shut down, you know, I'm off next week because I'm using up my holiday. So Andrew's, Andrew's running the, the ship right until the 23rd when you're working, yeah. but then we, we're not going until the new year. So it's good to have something like that. That's prominent on the site for the, for the week or two that we're not writing any news. Yeah. Some of them can be interesting. I mean, certainly there's a lot of thought, I think that goes into lots of them. Yeah. Have you, have you had to, rustle a few together we, we have we have and we <laughs> we got one response from one journalist i won't say who it was um but their response was just brilliant they basically came back and said telecom's predictions are a waste of time you didn't predict the uk the ukraine war <laughs> <laughs> well sorry you didn't predict the queen dying you didn't predict and then rattled off sort of five or six things was this tongue-in-cheek no, dude. Yeah, it was ton of jeans. Oh, right. I was about to say. Otherwise, what, but, a, uh, what a nutter. Yeah, but a message to, you know, to us, no, don't tell me predictions. I see. Yeah. Okay, so they were being sort of deliberately facetious. Yeah, they were being a bit right. facetious. All in, yeah, all, all in, in, in good faith, I think, but just quite Yeah, funny. yeah. Yeah, well, because, I mean, I almost believed, because some, you know, some journalists can be right at prima donnas. I'm sure you, least of all, wouldn't name any of them, but um, and nor will I. But uh, but I know from chatting to PR buddies over the years, I, I hear some war stories. <laughs> Hopefully I'm not one of them. I'm no, sitting here being all smug and supercilious, going, oh, those horrible prima donna journalists. For all I know, I'm on that list. No, 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 you're definitely not. No, don't worry about that. Um, but even if you were, it, it's kind of quite funny and quite entertaining. So we, don't, we never take anything like that to heart. No. Cool. Well, look, um, I think uh, we've all, we've, we've done like, nearly sort of hour and three quarters or something like that doesn't it fly by it really does doesn't it god getting dark now yeah um and so yeah i'll wrap it up i've got a thing uh in 15 minutes anyway um and uh just thanks again elena that was great again sorry not to see you in person but you know hopefully we'll make up for it if not before a mobile world congress definitely we'll find somewhere to get pissed on wednesday night don't you worry no, for sure it's in my yeah. diary already <laughs> And then, yeah, I'll, I'll just say to our to our audience, um, I hope you've enjoyed this year. I, you, you know, I think I'm pleased we did this remotely rather than not at all because I was sort of managing expectations last week. Um, but uh, but yeah, we should be back in person. I imagine I can't think of any reason, Ian, why we wouldn't do one on the the first week of January on the sixth. Uh, there's a train strike then. 
Unless there's a train strike. I'm not sure. I've got a feeling I'm going to try at least a couple of weeks of dry January, so they might not be quite the same. I think there is a train strike on the 6th. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, so maybe we'll do another Zoom one like this. So, um, yeah, you, well, we could either do a Zoom one or we could do it on the Thursday because I don't think there's a train strike on the okay. pick. All right, we'll see. Or, or we'll do it like this. Pierre, are you on holiday into, into the new year? Yeah, I come back on the second, I think. Okay, so so we're all there for that week. All right, well, we'll, we'll probably get something together that week anyway. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, to all our, our audience. Have a, have a good Christmas and New Year, and we'll see you then. Happy Christmas. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.